Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rapper Reynolds YouTube channel. If you missed the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. It has been, it's been a hell of a week. It has been a draining week for me. I, I like to really, I, I was telling, talking to my wife about this earlier, like I like to show up um, feeling the best that I can feel to, to like bring um that energy with me but this week has just been like one giant pain in the butt after another and then like even in trying to like so uh, here's why i'm sharing this because i feel like some people might might feel this also um and then we'll just switch into kind of what we what we typically do here but like it is when you are struggling when school's not working the right way when all of your attempts are sort of like whacked down like like whack-a-mole um and then it's the season right like where we are in philly it is colder than could be outside it is it's 41 degrees and i just was outside in the sun and i thought oh it feels nice out here yeah 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 (laughs) we're in that season yeah exactly we're like yesterday the last few days has been so windy you couldn't even like take the dog for a walk because i thought he would blow away so you're just kind of in in this season of like, man, what are we going to do to kind of get out of this where, you know, it, it, so that's that's where we're at. Um, so I just want to be just, this is trying to be as real. transparent as possible. But, you know, it gets real around here. So that's why we call it Real Rap with Reynolds. Um, so I, I think the question maybe is like, what are we what are we doing going forward and, and how are we trying to work this out? Um, and. You know, if the car ain't got gas, ain't nobody going anywhere. But my wife keeps saying you just keep going and going and going and going. So we'll see. We'll see if she's right. Um, I'm right. I'm always right. If the car explodes. And so. <laughs> it won't. All right, gang. Uh, if you've not been here before, this um, this emo beginning is brought to you by Real Rap with Reynolds. We are a YouTube channel slash everything else that we could try and do to really try to help teachers be the teachers they're called to be that is why we started this whole venture right so there's a book that you can get on amazon you can sign up for mentoring you can show up to this sunday night you can be a part of our facebook group um you can find all of these things and even more you have me come speak at your school all these things exist on realrapwithreynolds.com you can just go there and find out everything uh you could possibly need from us um so yeah so this what we're doing here, if you've never been here before, is this is Sunday Night Teacher Talk, where we create this safe space for teachers to explore and express what's going on, how they're thinking, how they're feeling. Um, and whether you're an educator now or you are dreaming of being an educator in the future, this is a place for you to show up to do two things. One, maybe get some guidance and inspiration and help that you need. And two, um, to be a part of our community, right? So like, I'm not the only person that's going to answer your questions. There's a ton of people in the comment section that show up every single week. And even if they don't show up every week, even if this is your first time, right? And someone says something and you're like, that I have an answer to. Um, give them an answer to share share what you're, what's going on uh, and, and how you can be a part of that. So that's where we're starting from. Um, so we're using our Jen Jones Hello Literacy pad over there. I love it. It's well done. Fun comes in quite handy she's so great thanks jen jens go ahead what you got all right our first question comes from kate she is asking how do you set boundaries during the day for the kids who need the most attention but aren't getting it anywhere other than you self-preservation so kate i think one is remembering that look this sounds so mean but i'm gonna say it anyway kids are often a black hole of attention right it's like my dog and am I am I relating my dog or equating my dog to my kids? In the, in some respects, I am right. My dog, I can never scratch him enough. He just wants to be scratched all the time. And I think sometimes kids, especially when you're coming from a deficit, 
you're constantly looking for love and attention and love and attention and love and attention, but you can't just do it all the time, right? So I think it is about us learning how to say no to kids when we need to say yes to us. And yeah, that's, it's just hard. It's just a hard thing to do. But I know that like, um, this year I haven't like in past years, I, for years and years and years, I ate lunch with students and, um, I did that twice a day and now I do it once a day, but that's because that's the only option I have, but I don't say yes to everyone. I have a system set up where I like only allow kids to come to my room that get a pass from me earlier or that I've given out certain kids have passes that are like dudes that really, really need the space. Um, I give those kids passes for the year. So it's like, here's your 2022 pass. And then everyone that doesn't have it, I just don't allow them to come in because I know that they are going to either bring an energy, bring a behavior, bring something that I am going to actively have to work against. And I don't want to do that. I'm giving this gift to myself. I can create this space for the people that need it, but it's for the people that will use it correctly. Um, just, it's not like a everyone's invited kind of a thing. Uh, because if I don't do that, then I will end up with classrooms that look like other classrooms in my, in, in my school where like teachers aren't paying attention and kids are playing dodgeball in class and breaking things and throwing things around and smashing things. And, you know, I was having lunch with my students the other day and, uh, I have these big giant windows on the side of my of my classroom. And as we're sitting there, like a hundred pieces of paper just come raining down from some classroom above me, and that's what happened. There are other classrooms, there's a classroom next to me that the kids banged so hard on the wall the other day that we're messing around in there that my picture frames fell off the wall in my classroom. Um, there have been classes that are in my room during the day that like I've broken like a number of those floating bookshelves have been ripped off the wall recently and destroyed. So it's like, there are rooms like that. I don't want that room. We're keeping it cool, like the Fonz. And so that's what we kind of do. Then there's other, you know, boundaries of like fourth period and eighth period this year. There's no one in my, or for right now, there's no one in my room. This has almost never happened before. And uh, kids have tried to come in. Teachers have tried to bring kids in that like needed to, you know, were trying to get out of class or that needed something. And I tell them, nope, this is like, if you absolutely can't find another place, by all means. But if there's any other option, this is really what I'm trying to do is create a safe space for teachers. Because what happens is like, we don't have a, like a staff lounge at our school. There's no like, you, you literally are like sitting in the hallway or sitting in your car. So um, they like it's creating a space for just teachers to hang out during those periods. And that's been really good and I'm not messing it up. So I think it's like figuring out during the year, what do you need? But then I think the other thing is this, it is telling kids when the options are that they can see you. So although not everyone can eat lunch with me, um, can we do like a, like, hey, look, but come in after school. I'm, I'll be here after school. Like, let's chat then or let's let's fill in our uh, catch up then or whatever it is. Come in during lunch. Come in in the in the morning. Come in during like you're fig helping them to figure out times. And then I think it's also about building a team. It's helping kids to try and find other people, whether they're teachers, administrators, um, they are whatever, whatever it is, you know, uh, other kids that you're trying to help them create a team so that you aren't the be all end all. And I realize that that sometimes that's not going to happen. Like we are the only ones. Um, but it's seeing if like, it's asking kids like, who else do you trust? Cause it might not even be someone you'd pick. It might be someone the kids pick, right? It might be not even a teacher you thought anyone was going to really get down with. And, and so, um, but they do. So that, that's where I would go with that one. All right, our next question comes from Jacob. Uh, a teacher next door complains about the noise level in my class. Some vocab review games can get a bit loud, but most of the time my class is a reasonable no is at a reasonable noise level. She still complains. Advice? Oh, Jacob, this is the story of my life. <laughs> now look, there's I think there's different kinds of noise levels, right? There's the kind that I'm com saying that like comes out of other classes where things are banging so hard, stuff's falling off my walls. Um, we get carried away in my class too. Uh, I would say, what can we do? Like, it, I, 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 there's a couple things, right? One, I would say, is there a space or a place where like you could let that 
the neighbors know that it's about to get rowdy in here and for this much time um that might just work right it might just be the unpredictability of it right so like right now there are things that happen around my classroom that are wildly distracting um and if i knew that like it was only going to be for a certain amount of time uh i could probably ride with it right so like we they keep doing this thing with announcements in our school where you'll be in the middle of class and for the first two periods every five to ten minutes there's an announcement for students certain certain group of students come down to the office like why we can't just send an email out about this with all the need there seems like there needs to be a better way so i've emailed administration multiple times and asked them if there's a better way that we can do this i get no response at all so it's um it's but if I knew that like, hey, listen, today, this is the only way we can do this. It's gonna be five times during second period, we're gonna make this announcement. Um, and can, you know, that is how it is. All right, well then I have my mind around the fact that it's gonna be five times, I literally would count them down or I would go, all right, every five minutes, so let me structure my day like this. Maybe that, that will work. The other thing is, I think it's talking to your students and saying like, look, I wanna do this review, but we, we are, we're a part of a community here. So we just can't have the noise level that we typically do, right? And it's about, and, and it's really, I think it's really important to not have kids like tear down other teachers because that's where it's generally gonna go is they'll be like, oh, but Mr. So-and-so next door, he's such a buzzkill or like, you know, you know, but we're having fun and we're learning. We get all this stuff. Like kids, we understand all of it. That we, we would have it that way also. Is there an alternative? So I would ask the students, what can we do? Does anyone have an idea of what we could do to do this? And let them help create that change. Maybe they say like, oh, maybe we could do like a silent version. Maybe we could go outside and do this real quick. Maybe we go to the lunchroom and we do this activity or in the hallway or, you know, like every Monday we do this thing here. Uh, I, you know, I, that's where that's what I would think of is like, where could we best do this or how could we do it differently together would work? Because now I'm even thinking like um, we've had a DJ in every Friday in our lunchroom uh, during Black History Month, which is a great idea unless your classroom is directly above the lunchroom. And then that's all you hear is like this bass booming for two hours in the in the lunchroom through all the different lunch periods. Um so if I need to do something quiet, if I need to create a better testing environment for my students that are taking assessments on Friday, I just try and think of like, all right, well, what could we do to make this work? And that's that's been good so far. So I think, you know, if that doesn't work, please let me know. I'd, I'd love to be able to follow up with you and, and see what does work and what we could do to make that happen. But I think those are two like to really set you off on the right foot. All right, our next question comes from Summer Hayward. Um, she's asking best ways to have a conversation with admin on why you are looking at other jobs, especially when they are a big part of why you are leaving. I don't want to burn a bridge or, or get bad references. Um, so summer, I don't, I'll say this, this year has been so utterly horrendous at my school, um, that there's more teachers leaving this week that I know about. Um, someone left a few Fridays ago and just left. They didn't give notice, nothing. They just, we saw them carrying their stuff out the door on Friday. Um, in dealing with that, I have gone to, and I've talked about this before, I've gone to all these different people like in administration and beyond. Uh, so when I gave my notice, when they had the form that came out that said like, do you intend to return next year? Which I think, I, I realize that most schools don't do this, but like, if you've ever worked at a school that is like has Wait, high tier teachers, is that true that most schools don't do return to intent? No, because everybody oh. intends to return. Oh, that's so funny. No, I didn't know that. You're only when you teach in like a school <laughs> like <only> mine, <laughs> right? Like, and I mean like a school that has high turnover or like um, has trouble keeping teachers. For your whole career, that's why I'm laughing. Every so every funny. year, it's in April. They mm -hmm. start talking about. Yeah, I thought that was. Standard. Are you going to come back next year? Yo, yo, you coming back next year? That's what everyone is doing on the low. But the school okay. sends out a form. The form doesn't usually come out till April, end of April, right? This year it came out end of January. That, that is a telltale sign of, of where things are. So when I went in and I told the, the like I filled out the form, I didn't even give a, a reason because I feel like I've done it already. Now, look, I hope my school has a 
there's some sort of resurrection. I hope that it comes back. I hope that it does well. So I don't know that you have to give um, a reason. I just, I, I think it, sometimes it comes down to some are like, look, my job's not the worst job I ever worked in my life. I think uh, still, like I've done worse jobs. It's just, it's just deeply disappointing. It's not on mission with what I want to do. Um, and I think that that's what you share. Like when I, when I was asked by my assistant principal, um, I didn't tell her anything. I didn't feel like I needed to share anymore. I already let people know that needed to know. But I think it comes down to this, Summer. One, do you have to tell them, right? One. Two, does it have to be like it, it could just be that this doesn't align with what I feel called to do anymore? Or like this is like not, um, you know, I, I have a, a different vision of what I'd like to be able to do in the classroom and do with students and, and help kids with. And this it doesn't align anymore. I think sometimes it's having sort of that where you're not like making them feel bad or pointing the finger or blaming, even though that might feel like what you want to do and justified. But like it's at the end of the day, the thing that aggravates me um is not just poor leadership, not bad decision-making skills, not um, all the stuff that's happened that's wrong this year. It's that we are not making a really, we are not making a strong place for students to grow and learn. We're not making a place that teachers want to return to. Um, if our mission is is college acceptance for students and, and getting them prepared for college and beyond, we're not on that mission right now. And so I don't, and, and I think what we're actually doing is damaging kids, but I can even, I don't even have to, I've said that to people that need to hear it, but it's like, nope, um, I feel called elsewhere. I feel called to do like slightly different work. The end. That's And that's where I would leave that. Um, if you want, if you need to, like, and you get another job and you can write a, like, I think there's something about like writing a respectful letter of resignation to let them know like where you're coming from um, and why you left. I think that that is doable too. Look, not all conversations are nice. Um, but we can still stand up for ourselves with respect, with um, respect for others. Uh, and so I think that, that it's it's trying to groom yourself and come out of that place instead of, for me, th this is me attaching my own crap to it and not just the anger that I'm <laughs> dealing with currently. Myesha said their intent form came out early this year as well. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty common. Um, okay. Shana is asking, she's next, and she's asking, I am supposed to get a returning student in high school to resource math. He has a lengthy discipline record. What is the best way to welcome him back? I have never met him. So, I, you know, Shana, I think this is one of those moments where not everyone gets dealt with the same, right? I, when I have had kids that have come back from maybe like some sort of disciplinary school, maybe from um, like a school that has provided like a deep amount of therapy and sort of really tried to help students like, like uh, sort of recalibrate. When those kids come back, I don't welcome them the way that I do everyone else, which is usually like, oh, look, we have somebody new in class. Oh, I'm so great you're here. Like, oh. um, it's me being like, like on 11. It is more like uh, they come in, I say, hey, look, it's your first day. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you just sit like at my desk or on the couch. Um, just kind of take it in for the day. See how this kind of rolls. I'm not going to expect you to do anything or participate in anything because we're in the middle of something anyway that I'd have to catch up on. Uh, but I'm going to take five minutes at the end of class and I'll, and I'll introduce you to what's going on. At that point, they kind of get to see the day, see how I roll, see how I get along with other students. Um, there's zero pressure on them. And then... At the end, I just kind of ask questions about them. Like, so, hey, um, you're you're coming back to school. Like, and I always, I, I play myself up all the time. I go, listen, and you won the lottery because you got me as a teacher. Um, and I want to make sure that you have the greatest year you could possibly have. And I want to make sure that your transition into this, uh, in, into our school now is going to be the best that it could be. So here's how we're going to do that. You need to know that this is my room and I'm in here all the time. And if you don't have a room, you, you know, to fill, fill in the gaps and, and changes as necessary. Uh, if you can't find a classroom, if you don't know where the bathroom is, you can't find the nurse, you need a tissue, you can't get into your locker, uh, you need extra help on damn near anything, let me be your point person. I'm more than happy to help with anything that I can help with. 
Uh, my only goal here is for you to be successful. That's all I care about. So what we're gonna do tomorrow is I'm gonna find ways to start easing you into the content that we're doing to see like how we can get this in because we read and uh, we read novels. And so if we're in the middle of a novel, then that's problematic. Uh, but we'll figure out a way to kind of get you there. Um, but I'm really, really glad that you're here and I'm really glad that you're a part of our class. If you need anything, please let me know. And then going forward, it is saying hi to that kid as much as possible in the hallway. I'd find a, I'd find a reason to say hi to that kid three more times that day. Um, then I would call home and call home and just say, it's, you know, I've talked about this a, a lot, but it's just saying, hey, this is who I am. This is what I care about. I care about your kid. I care about them being successful. I got all the paperwork. I got all the emails. I got all the, all the stuff. Is there anything I need to know about your child to help them be as successful as possible this year? Like, what are they good at? What do they struggle with? What do they like? What does the paperwork not say? So you're doing a couple of things because undoubtedly that kid is going to go home and someone at home is going to say that the teacher called already. And now it's like, what teacher? Oh, Reynolds. Oh yeah. And that dude like had a whole conversation with me and then said hi to me three other times in the hallway. And now he's calling my mom or whatever, or whoever's at home. Like what the hell? Like, um, and then ask some non like some questions that like have never been asked of a parent ever probably it is creating that connection piece um so that going forward that kid feels supported the family feels supported and you've already put things in place where the first call home isn't going to be a bad one especially from a kid that has a lengthy discipline record you're already putting it out there that i care i just want your kid to win so if something does come up it's hey i'm noticing these sorts of patterns um, if you have any insight on this, if you if you can give me anything to go off of on this uh, to try and help, awesome. Um, if not, I just want you to know because they, you know maybe you guys can talk about this at home or something like that. Um, and that's it. So then you're you're in a good space to start the rest of the year and to try and help that kid find success. All right. Our next question comes from Miss uh, Miss Gonzalez. Uh, Miss Gonzalez. Um, she is asking, this is a two-parter, our school implemented a program called ZAP, Zeros Aren't Permitted, which means kids who are failing will be pulled out of electives on Fridays to get caught up. Guess what? Those kids are also failing my class, go figure. Now that they are missing more time from our classes and further behind, what do you suggest we elective teachers do? I think the elective teachers need to get together and have a conversation um, because we as as a culture and as a schooling system, um, constantly treat electives like they're less than. We, we treat like, um, we, you know, when we call them those classes, we call them specials growing up, right? So it was like, you had, what's your special day? Oh, do we have art? Do we have yeah. um, this extra science class that we get to take, which we had the science class that was just super fun and stuff. We did like weird experiments or like gym or music or whatever it is. Shop, Hobeck. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't exist anymore. And not, no, they don't. There's someone out there. No. Uh, who's my they guy? They exist in private schools. There is. Homeck does exist. But shop, I don't think, exists anywhere unless you're in vocational school. But it, but it is, it's really getting clear on, like, what are our expectations here? Are we being taken seriously as a class? And do we value the things that kids can learn in this class or not? So... Um, just because they are not tested subjects, right, on some sort of state level, um, doesn't mean that they don't bring an enormous amount of value to students. And as a matter of fact, I know for sure that, like, if my brother got pulled out of band every day when we were growing up, um, he would have just not come to school. He would have just been like, nope. And I know teachers. It, um, is, it is the thing that I argued in IEP meetings that I'm like, you are not allowed to take my kid and give him extra work and take away his electives. Or, or take like, away like uh, tutoring or his work in Gillingham, like, you know, tutoring for, for that he needed. I'm like, you're not, I'm not penalizing. Yeah. Like, and I don't think even kids who are failing should be penalized with their electives. No, no. Or, or have like. Terrible idea playtime or recess no. taken away from them those things should never be taken away yeah. um if you're in recess and you punch a kid and you have to sit against the wall right. or whatever like you sure. you did it yourself but like um i don't think because i think those things help academics uh, so i would get those teachers together i would have a real conversation look if not everyone wants to participate then whatever but like get the folks together that are willing to get together 
And then I would go to the administration or to the board or whatever, um, whoever the, the step, whoever's in the decision making space, not like you don't want to talk to their people. You want to talk to the people that make the decisions and say, like, what is what are we telling students and what are we telling teachers when we have these conversations? And then can you all come up with a, a, a better solution or so it's like, here's why we are important. Here's a better solution for this. So I'll tell you, like, one of the things I found that really helps is um, we do uh, mandatory after school stuff. So after school, this is mandatory, like 40 minutes of checking in with a teacher, seeing where your grades are, seeing what is missed, seeing what could be made up. So kids have a plan, right? So they see, like, here's where you're at. And some kids already know this. And it just annoys them. And the annoyance of having to do this is like enough for them to get it together so they don't have to listen to you and, and annoy them. But some kids just don't even have a plan or don't realize that like, oh, if I just change these two things, if I actually just showed up to class on time, like that would be better. Um, so maybe we need to talk about like, is everyone showing up to class on time? Um, we saw a big switch in grades when we started doing Friday Reflections. So if you go on our website, realrepwithreynolds.com, there's a Friday Reflection sheet in our resources area that is free. And it's just has kids like it holds a mirror up to their week. What went well? What didn't go well? What did we learn this week? Where's my grade? What did I miss? Um, what can still be handed in? If you're failing, you have to have that paper signed by a parent over the weekend or a guardian and then bring it back on Monday. If you don't, then I'm going to call home, let them know that you didn't do this. Um, and or e I just send like an email to all the parents that do it. And then we don't have that problem anymore. Um, that could even be an email that like, look, if you're failing, I want you to, you're going to send, fill this document out. Then you're going to email it to me and to a parent at the same time. You're going to CC me on this. And then your parent just has to respond that they got it and I'll give you credit for doing it. But it is, I, I think that there are a thousand other ways to deal with a situation like that than to take away electives and then to keep treating teachers like they don't matter, that their class doesn't matter. When in fact... That might be the thing that matters to kids and makes them want to show up. So I don't know that, but I don't know that taking it away from them is going to be the thing that makes them show up for other classes. I think we need to get to the root of some of those issues and see what's going on. I just want to say that two people in our comment section said that they have shop at their schools. Love it, man. <laughs> Someone said they were in Texas, though. And no, that's other, awesome, like, though. I think that's great. I, I, know, think, I think it's so good. There's so much value in, in I love that. shop class. I made a land. <laughs> all my friends just made marijuana paraphernalia oh. all the time. Oh, goodness. Okay, let's move I on. I didn't. All right. Meg is asking, first year teacher here, <laughs> started the year strong, going above and beyond in every way possible, but as the year goes on, I'm realizing that the standards I set are unsustainable, and I'm... Oh, that's too far to hold on. Where are you, Meg? And I'm starting to burn out with directing the school musical, being in a long-distance marriage, and doing all the regular teacher stuff. I just can't do the extras I used to do. How do I explain this to folks? I'm sure. All right, so... I don't even know what that last word was. Oh, I found it. Two kids without about being unprofessional. Meg, I, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And I think when we start off and we teach, it's so exciting. Everything's exciting, right? You want to do all the stuff. You want to do all the cool things at once. Um, and without being student-teacher boundaries i teach high school right so Sorry. it is no that's cool um i, I know the, the the word limit on the thing is is problematic well, sometimes you have an afterthought look this is why i don't use twitter bro because I, I can't it's like too limiting to me so i think this meg when you it is i think i don't even know that you have to explain anything to anyone again you need to know what's right for you and if you do have to explain it it's like hey look I bit off more than I could chew. And you have two options when you bite off more than you can chew. You can swallow it down or you can spit part of it out. And they're both kind of gross, but you got to pick one of them to do anyway. <laughs> so it's figuring out what do you really want to do and what's actually doable. Not Don't play the game where you're like, well, I, I could do that. Because you're going to have a good day one day. And on, in that good day, you're going to go, ah, well, yeah, I could do it. 
I say no to everything anymore, right? Everything. And part of that is because I'm running this business outside of school. And so I literally have a job after school that I have to go to every single day. Um, so I don't have the luxury in, 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 in like even taking on other stuff, right? And, but it is, when I do that, it what that allows me to do by saying no to everything, right? I don't like, I don't sign up. I had one Saturday school I had to sign up for this year, I'm not taking any more on, even though they needed people really, really bad, but that's because everybody quit and, and they didn't have anybody to fill in those gaps anymore, uh, or they had gaps out of fill. Um, I don't. I used to like fix things in the school. I used to run uh, all kinds of clubs, all kinds of extracurricular activities, all kinds of like low-key, unofficial, like running a store at the school. I built all the sets for the plays and they were epic. Um, you're, you're constantly doing this stuff and it's really fun until you realize that you you get you only have so much gas to get you somewhere. So I think, especially in your first few years, it's figuring out what you can do and doing it really well. Like, wouldn't it be a really good gift to your students even if you just showed up, taught class really well, and even if you were involved in the musical or a play or something of that nature, um, you were doing that to the level at which you can do it. And then over time, here's what's gonna happen, Meg. You get better at doing things, right? So like I cannot cook. If my wife told me, we have we have HelloFresh, right? So it already <laughs> comes. It's already like the painting kit already showed up for tonight's dinner. So for those of you that don't know, HelloFresh is like, you get this card, it's really simple directions. They tell you how long it's gonna take. It tells you exactly how to do it. Then you make it and it comes out great. I would be cooking HelloFresh for three hours. It would like, no one would even be hungry or they would, my kids would be perished uh, from starvation by then. Um, my wife just gets in there, all right, magical meal, looks beautiful, looks like the freaking picture, right? She even sets it up and she makes everything with love, she tells us all the time. So I'm putting some <laughs> drizzle and some love on this. And that, but she has been cooking for a long time. She knows what she's doing. She doesn't have to think, like I'd be like, if it says preheat oven, I'd be like, to hell, what does that even mean? Preheat it. Is there a post heating activity also? Like my head isn't there. But even in school, like I've just gotten better that my co-teacher and I threw together this project the other day that we just thought of. And in 15 minutes, we had it fleshed out and it was ready to roll because we're reading of Mice and Men. We were talking about the American dream. Then we were talking about what if we had the kids come up with their own version of a dream? Like, what is their dream? What does their vision board have to look like? Oh, let's do a vision board activity. Yeah, we're going to like, and we'll connect it with like their why and like who, who their, what their motivation is and um, what they want to, what they envision their life about and then have them like do all these things, to, like see what that would really be like. And, and it was like, it was so fun. And it took like 10 or 15 minutes for us to do like to flesh out the whole thing. When I started teaching, that would have been like a whole friggin' weekend or two full weekends of me. All right, well, how, what's the best place to post this and do this and create this and all this stuff. But now we just rock and roll and come up with it. Um, so it is, it is getting good at, look, I think it's this, Meg. It's getting, it's you getting better at you. And then using that in the classroom and realizing that teaching is a craft and everything takes time. Um, real quick, I'll tell you this and James Pete would appreciate this, but uh, one of my favorite groups of all time is Van Halen. Um, one time David Lee Roth was asked, uh, so Van Halen has a song called Running With The Devil, which is not my favorite title, but um, they, Running With The Devil, they told an interviewer that it took eight minutes to write that song. It's like one of their most iconic songs of all time, eight minutes. And he said, but it didn't just take eight minutes, right? Like that's what time it took to write the song. It took, you know, 25, 30 years to be able to do that, right? So it was all of this cross train. Everything in your life is cross training all the time. So it took us like how long playing with your guitar and your drums and your bass, how long us working together, how much of us pulling in inspiration and learning about ourselves and our abilities and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. So we got to this place where it was like, yeah, eight minutes, we wrote a song, right? So it's like, um, I think it's getting better at being you and and being coming the best version of yourself and cutting out all the things that you can't do so you can put time into yourself and into, your, and into the things that are imperative in your classroom and then taking that uh, version of you and in the next few years, you'll find that you can take on far more stuff 
than you ever could. Um, and although I don't sign up for anything anymore, I'm constantly doing things. But I just don't like I just don't like formally signing up for things anymore. I will, I, I like um, I like being kind of the hired gun when something's going down in the hallway and I see a kid getting in trouble. I know I don't have a club after school to do this with, so I'm, I I have the time to go sit with you for thirty minutes and do that. If I know a teacher was crying today and all their stuff came flying out the window, I have time to go speak with them and help them out and help them plan through a lesson or a classroom management system or something like that, where I'm able to try and do that with teachers uh so i don't but there's no like official sign up for that so that's that's why i don't do it all right our next question how do you handle a difficult parent that feels they can teach the class better than they than the teacher <laughs> and often goes that's the second time i almost spilled water today <laughs> and often goes to the <clears throat> principal with these complaints slash suggestions god bless them you know what Holy i'm gonna say this um first of all <laughs> Desiree's name your name looks so complicated but it's really like I just like I've I've had a whole bunch of students with that name I've never seen it spelled like that before but I really it's really kind of beautiful uh anyway that's that's my ADD you're like oh look at that name um look I think part of it is we I think there's two different ways you can look at this right I've had these parents before uh where they think they can do a better job than you do. And you know what? To be honest, maybe you can. Maybe maybe you're actually better than I am at this. But guess what? I'm showing up every day. I'm the one showing up to do this job every day. It is maybe taking those things into consideration and thinking like, look, we work. The education system is broken. And there's a parent out there that's trying to try and make this better, to do better for their kid because they don't want their kid to get left behind, right? Especially like if your kid... You know, so when I talk to, to moms about this, I mean, we we have parents that are like legitimately concerned because of where our students come from, because of the violence that exists in Philadelphia, especially in West Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, because of, you know, like the teacher turnover, because there's all these kind of red flags and they're like, no, not my kid. My kid is going to like, I'm going to I'm going to help you to to you are going to give my kid the best education they can no matter what. And I deal with those moms. Um or I think the flip side is we just like you can get aggravated by it. And I realize that the alternative isn't isn't easy, right? It is to the best of your ability, letting folks know what you're willing to do, what you're willing to, to kind of deal with. Um, and then I think it's about go, if you have someone that's really, really overstepping, then it is going to your administration and saying, like, how do we how are we navigating this? Because, you know, I'm feeling like I'm getting this pressure from a parent that's not even in my classroom um, and is probably one of those people that's like advocating for cameras in the classroom. Um, what do we do about this? And then if maybe you have a great admin and they're going to help you with that and maybe you don't. In which case, I think you surround yourself with all the teachers that are probably getting the same stuff from this uh, parent on some level find the people that are and then figure out an issue like figure out a way that you're going to deal with it just on your own um but i think that this is sounds it feels to me more of an administrative issue of like an admin drawing the line and and kind of holding teachers to that if I, or, or like or, or holding parents to it not teachers um yeah but it is so it's kind of like sometimes if you can do it um that's bothering me that that's happening that you're doing that my ADD is on, on edge uh is trying to find an answer that's going to help the parent um it's not getting too caught up in like whatever they're doing is like what they're doing and it's like listen I'm I'm gonna keep doing what I do like this is this is how I roll this is how I teach this is how I I am educating um if you think you can do a better job you know sign up the, the application is on the website um and then I just don't care. Like I just, I can write that off sometimes. And then other times it is, no, we need to figure out something because this is, this is potentially dangerous um, or parents are overstepping or I feel like you're going to try, you're trying to get me fired or whatever it is. It's like, all right, then we got to bring in somebody else to talk about this. And that's what I would do. All right. Next question comes from Zoe. I'm having a really bad, I'm having really bad imposter feelings at the moment, especially as other people I trained with are leaving the profession. How do you make sure you feel uh, capable and are in the right place? So 
Oh, man. I'm really sorry that's happening, first of all. You know, I think imposter syndrome is such an interesting thing. Um, you know, I heard it in one time it was uh, Henry Rollins, who was uh, lead singer of a band called punk band called Black Flag. And so Henry Rollins was in this interview and he's talking about how um, one time his group, the Rollins band, uh, was got asked to open up for Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath had just gotten back together. They hadn't been together in a really long time. And he, so Henry Rollins, it's the first gig. They go out, they they give it their all. They go backstage and he meets Ozzy Osbourne for the first time, lead singer of Black Sabbath. And Ozzy Osbourne goes, hey man, like, uh, thanks so much for doing the show for us. Look, hey, what's the crowd like? Like, was there anyone out there? And he was, Henry Rollins thinks like, what are you talking about? Like, of course they're there. Like, you're one of the most iconic rock bands of all time. It's it's packed to the gills, and people are crazy. And, but to Ozzy Osbourne, it was just like this constant, never-ending battle with like, are we really supposed to be here? Are we really good enough? Are, are we, like, do we have, like, what's this, what is that kind of like, that that self-worth inside that, that narrative, that soundtrack that you're telling yourself? Um, I think, look, it's no different. I mean, I deal with it all the time. Um, and I even I, like when you write a book about education that, and then you're just like, someone's going to figure me out at some point, but we forget, you know, we forget that our ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. And so I would say this, that it's really important to just show up and to get super hyper-focused on your students. That's the only thing that you can do in, in school is it's really just you it's not even how your students are going to take any particular lesson or activity or or project or or anything seriously right you can't really even control that but you can control you you can control what you're showing up like you can control how you feel so look maybe this is something that you just need to like up the self-care um and when i say self-care i don't mean sitting on the couch and watching netflix maybe talk to a therapist maybe see like uh talk to an academic coach at your school or reach out to someone that you knew in college that can maybe help you out with some things so that you're doing the best job that you can do um and look people are leaving um not because this work's not important but it's because they are no longer a good fit for the place that they're in if you feel like you can still do that right like i i have no intentions of staying at my school this year at this point I, it is it is hard and fast I will not return there next year um but that doesn't mean that I just want the school to go away it doesn't mean I want everyone else to to leave and and to pursue something else I think that it is really looking at um where do you fit is this a good fit for you and if it's not perhaps looking at other jobs right and seeing what else is out there but it is about figuring out what's best for you um teachers have a very I, I think they've they constantly are looking at how they can do for others and forget to do for themselves. And they forget that if you don't do for yourselves and you can't do for others. And I realize how weary that is. Um, but it, it is like, I think stay like trying to become the best version of you. Um, and I, I just think that that is, that's always the answer. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I, this hit me this week. I was listening to some podcast. I can't even remember who it was with. Uh, but the guy said, um, if you had it, it was, what, what, what do you wish you had done differently when you were younger? Is there anything you kind of regret that like in, in building your business or whatever it was that he was doing? And the guy said, look, the best investment you can ever have, you can ever like the best number one thing you can ever invest in is yourself. And I've heard that a million times. But when I really, but the way he broke it down, he said, look, if you take a course, you read a book, you take a class, you go to a conference, you do anything, you're only going to be better after doing that, right? Even if it's only, even if some books, it's only an incremental difference, or it's like you grow 1%, sometimes you grow 10%, sometimes it's life changing, but it is constantly just trying to get better. And when we do that, we are, we have, we don't have a choice but to get better, right? Sometimes things hit you and you just start doing them a slightly different way. You look at things a slightly different way. You grow a little bit. So it's like putting into you so you can constantly keep growing and changing and evolving and optimizing into the best version of yourself. 
then all of the other things around you get better. And I'll tell you this, um, it's not just you getting better at your job, it's you become a person that, and this sounds a little woo-woo, but you start putting off an energy that people want to be around. They want to not quit because they love, man, I love teaching with you. I love teaching around you. I love being across the hall from you. I love hearing what you're doing in class. I love when you walk into, everyone knows that person that walks into a meeting um, or they walk into a room or they walk into a party and it just changes the energy in the best way possible. Like, oh damn, you're here. Like, oh man, um, it's who everyone wants to talk to. It's who everyone, like whatever it is about them, they shift that energy and it makes it even more magical that they're there. And so I think it's about figuring out how do you become the most magical version of yourself? Because then school is in many ways sort of a, like it just gets the, the it just gets the, all of the overflow. overflow of that love that you're putting into yourself. Yes. So work. I do. Oh, say overflow. Yes. When the toilet's clogged. Not that It's kind overflow. Of That's worse. Let's go to our next question. Let's go. Uh, this is from Steph Shook. Uh, she is asking totally different kind of question. How to help with a puppy, a puppy with separation anxiety. Uh, she rescued it yesterday and it gets upset if I just go to the bathroom. Worried about Tuesday going back to school. Steph. Put your shirt in there. What's That's how like our dog, like when we first got him, um, he had to stay downstairs. That's where the crate was. And so we crate trained him. And the first night he whimpered and whined and was so sad and had such separation anxiety and I put my shirt in there I literally took my shirt off put a different one on and took that one off and put it or put it downstairs in his crate and he was that did the trick yep I don't know if it's going to be that simple with yours but I hope it is <laughs> I don't have any other advice because that's what we did worked when I go on the road and speak professional development things <laughs> I come home it. and I find some of my laundry <laughs> in the bed that my wife is sleeping <laughs> I take CJ's dirty laundry and I just put it in the bed next to me. <laughs> in um, case of emergencies. It is. Uh, yeah, I think. And look, I, you know, I'm wondering what you do with your separation anxiety from the dog because that's what I definitely got right. after a year and a half of teaching uh, online. But um, some of it is your dog just needing to see that you're going to constantly come back, yeah. right? So it's like being making sure that you're not staying too late at school making sure you're showing back up making sure you're loving your dog i have a friend that never gives his dog treats even um because uh, he just he no they just deresta does um just well he's not really my friend he's a guy no, that i watch on youtube but i don't know why i said that um deresta his wife found that like just loving your dog like so if they go out mm. and pee if they do the right thing it's loving on them a lot and they love that so much that you don't have to give them a treat and there's a, that's a whole like dog psychology that's really interesting thing. that you say that because i always wonder why bentley like looks at me i i turn it into a bad thing when he's eating his dinner or his food he always wants to eat when i'm when i'm cooking so if i'm cooking dinner i always feel guilty like he's looking at me like I have to eat this crappy dog food, and here you are oh, making something. I always think of it as like he's like, "Nah, here we are here together. You're cooking. I love, I'm, we're doing it together at the same I love time." That's how you look at it, and the way I look at it. No, and it's so like when the kids get weirded out when he poops and I he stares at just... you, and I'm like, and I read about this, and dogs are very vulnerable. Yeah. When they're pooping, right? I don't know where this went, but uh, <laughs> dogs are really vulnerable when they're pooping, so they stare at you in your eyes because uh, they need to know that you have their back. And so I used to think it was weird, but now I just stare right at him, and I always, I go... Well, so that's what I need to do I with go, Bentley when I got he's you, eating. Bro. I got you, When he's eating, I just need to congratulate him and, like, praise him a ton, apparently. And yeah. he'll happily eat his food, Good I guess. Work, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that his, was a fun segment. Staring into his dark, big eyes when he's <laughs> taking a poop. Um, I'm looking for a question. There was lots of chatter going on in here. There should uh, be. Which is great. <laughs> I love it. I know. I always feel like we could just leave. We could just sign off and leave it open for like thirty minutes after we're I done. I scrolled so far. There is not. <laughs> there is not. Like if I could make the song, because on on the platform we use, I can only make the song a certain length at the end. Um, it's like thirty seconds or something like that. And I always think, damn, I wish it was longer because I just want people to be able to like say goodbye or talk or chat or whatever nobody has any questions for you i literally scroll down to the bottom and there's no look it, let, let me just let's can I we even just know that though. it's so wonderful because it's really like 
people are here for one another. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's so great. So, well, look, it's 2 o'clock anyway. We're 49 minutes in. Um, we were 10 minutes late. I was 10 minutes late, yes. Uh, but it is what it is, gang. Yeah. Um, tomorrow is President's Day here in the United States. Uh, so we have off anyway. And there's nothing like a Sunday when you know you have off on Monday. Um, and then we have the next five weeks with no breaks at all. Uh, and the school used to have we had a floater date. Uh, it was the birthday of Rome, which I don't think anyone really knew when the birthday was, and no one was really paying attention. So our former administration would just plug it in anywhere to just have a day. So we have a like oh shorter week or a three day weekend or something like that. And we got rid of that this year. So now we have five straight weeks of like learning, which means you get through a lot of stuff. But damn, that's a long time, bro. So asked you a question. She said. Why is canteen food always so bad? <laughs> it just... I don't know. It doesn't even sound appetizing. No. Canteen food. Not at all schools. Sometimes it's good. When I went to Radnor, that stuff looked like a food court, man. It was beautiful there. And they had great looking food. It looked like Hogwarts. Mm. Not here. We have like... It's, oh, it's bad. Prison food. Yeah. I know. I think, I think that might actually be better. I have never been to prison yet, but... <laughs> Um, I think we planned. No, I don't plan. Right. It's not on my bucket list or anything like that. We good? We're good. All right, cool. Gang, we'll be Bye. back. I hope that this is a great week for you. I have some definite ideas of things I need to pour into myself this week. Um, and that's kind of where we're at for right now. But I hope that, look, if you are, if you, look, if, if you're feeling great, let everybody know about it. If you're struggling, let somebody know about it. Like share that stuff because you're either going to put off something that's really great and it's going to uplift other people around you or you're going to be open and vulnerable and share what's going on and try and get some help with the things that you're dealing with in your life. Um, and both of those only will ever turn out uh, well because you're doing the work. So that's it, gang. We will see you, uh, see you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace.